Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Let's take out those worship guides. Let's jump into our sermon. We're in part two of a series called Life Hacks. And if you're a guest with us today, we always give people notes so that they can follow along with us. So you have something to take home. I'm going to really present to you some really practical stuff to help you. And if you don't know what a hack is, a hack is simply, you can write it down, a clever way to solve a complicated problem. So if you've got some complicated problems in your life, we, we come up with hacks to resolve them. So I'm going to give you, I've been giving you some really practical ones really fun ones over the last, uh, last week, and I'll give you a few more in the next few weeks. But I, I wanted to present one today. Any parents in the house today? Parents, come on, are you all there? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're a world changer. So if you're a parent, you've always had this problem that you have a loaf of bread, and then you always get stuck with which one? With this one. And your kids see it, and they don't want to eat it because it's the end crust of the thing. Now, this blew people's minds earlier, so I, you might not learn anything else today, but this is going to change your life. So I have a hack for you that, um, to help you uh, properly deceive your children. If you've got a regular piece, all right, and then you have your piece here, the traditional ways you just put you know, your peanut butter and jelly on there, but this is what we're going to do. You're going you're to take the peanut butter and not put it on this side. You're going to put it on this side. And they have no clue that you just gave them the in peace. Come on, Radiant Church. That was worth the admission right there. That's Ryan. You can take that and eat the sandwich if you would like. All right, I'll give you another one because some of y'all, your mind's blown. You're like, I don't need to even learn anything else. All right, let me give you another one. Uh, you come out of the shower and your, your mirror's foggy. So what do you do to solve that? Well, there's a simple hack because when you get out and you see this, you can't see yourself in the mirror. So, so you need to clear, clean it and there's an easy at-home solution for you and it's called... Shaving cream, very good. So you take the shaving cream, you wipe it over the mirror, it clears it, but not only does it clear it, it keeps it clear for about three to four weeks. You might not know that. So then it goes from this to that. You can experience that every single week, and it is awesome so that you can have a clear mirror at home. All right, so some life hacks for you today. That's all free. Take it home and run with it. But we've been talking today in this series. We've talked about real issues. Like last week, we talked about hacking worry, and I challenged you to hack worry that you would you'll worry less if you trust God more. And a lot of you guys don't, don't um, trust God and you wonder why you're so worried all the time. So I challenged you on your trust last week. And if you missed the message, find it online. But today, I wanna help you with another issue that everybody deals with today. And it's simply, I wanna talk to you about hacking pain. Because our life is filled with pain. If you're living today, you've had some sort of pain. Whether it's physical pain, you have things as small as like you stub your toe, to you break your bones, to you pass a kidney stone, to like the worst of all, like paper cuts. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? Like just intense pain. We've all experienced pain. And, and it's not just stuff that, that you've done. Sometimes it's just you get old. I'm, I'm in my mid-30s now. And you know, I'm not the young pastor I used to be. And I've had moments where I've got out of bed and told Katie like, I don't know why I'm walking like this. She's like, well, because you're in your mid-30s now. Like your body's breaking down. It's going to be great in the 40s. I'm like, no, that stinks. Some of our pain is just because we're, we're, we're aging and it's part of life. And some of our pain is emotional. Uh, people hurt you or they abandon you. Some of it's relational. Some of you are sitting next to your greatest pain in life right now. Don't tell me who you are. That'd be embarrassing. But um, some of your pain is financial. You're going through issues financially and that job is you lost your job or you lost that promotion. Our pain comes in all shapes and forms. 
And here's the issue. Pain is, you can't avoid it in this life. There's actually a teaching out there that says, listen, if you give enough money and you sow enough good seed, you'll never have pain or problems in your world today. And that's just not true. If anybody should have avoided all pain in his life, it would be the Apostle Paul. Because there was very few people as good as he was, as diligent as he was, as righteous as he was. Paul, if you don't know who he is, he was a guy that persecuted Christians, hated Christians right when the church started, and then had this experience with God, and he becomes a Christian. And so not just a Christian, he becomes a major leader in the faith community of that day, writes about a third of our Bible. And, and so Paul was a very righteous person, yet Paul experienced pain. Let me show you, this isn't in your notes, but I'll just show you some of the pain Paul's experienced. Because you might be in here and go, well, I have more pain than everybody else. I don't think you've had more pain than Paul. Look what he said. He says, I've worked much harder and I've been in prison more frequently. I don't think you've been in prison as frequently as he is. All right, I've been flogged more severely and I've been exposed to death again and again. Five times I've received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Now, I haven't received it one time. He got it five times. So this guy's experienced a little bit of pain. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I don't know if I'd go back on the boat after the first one. He kept going. And I spent a day and the night in the open sea. No, thank you. I've seen the movies. I don't need to do that. He says, I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country. I think the guy lives in danger. In danger in the sea and in danger from false believers. And he says, I have labored and toiled. You think your life is bad? Look what this guy's been through. He says, and often gone without sleep. That's bad right there. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. No, thank you. I have been cold and naked. Those are not a good combination. Besides, everything else I face daily. You don't think it could get any worse? He says, I've daily felt pressure from my concern for all the churches. I've even dealt with some crazy church people and I've experienced some pain. So if Paul couldn't avoid pain, then I don't think we can either. And so if I gave you a message of how to eliminate pain from your life, then what you're gonna do is tomorrow night or the next night, it's gonna be one in the morning and you're gonna walk to the kitchen and, and your two-year-old's gonna leave a jagged-edged toy sitting there on the ground and you're gonna step on in the middle of the night and instead of cursing right there, you're gonna curse me and go, my pastor lied to me because you can't avoid pain. It's just part of life. But let me help you hack it today because I believe that we can hack pain with one word, and here I want you to write it down, and it's simply this, we can hack pain with purpose. In other words, since we can't avoid pain from our life, we can have a greater purpose when we're going through that pain. So it's, it's like exercising, like you, you avoid, a lot of you avoid it, and you don't get the results, but if you will endure the pain for a little bit, what happens? You get the benefit on the other side. Anybody that's ever had a baby, that's not me, but you understand that there's a pain in that season that my wife went through that was excruciating. And so she says, it's really bad. I'm sure it is. <laughs> and, and what is it? The, the joy on the other side is that you get to experience that life that's been growing inside of you the entire time. So why? You're able to endure a lot more if you realize there's a purpose through your pain. So I'm going to help you experience what that purpose is. And Paul, the man who just showed us that life is filled with pain, shows us an outline that I want to give you today at every location, St. Petersburg. I want you taking notes downtown. Take some notes on this, on how we can experience purpose in the midst of our pain. And it's three major things. Let's look at it in the book of 2 Corinthians. He says it like this in chapter one. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion. I love that right there. He's a compassionate God. And the God of all comfort. Say comfort. Say 
this is important, who comforts us in all of our troubles. Now, if you're in the time of pain and you're looking for a reason or a purpose, why is this going on? Why am I having this sickness? Why am I dealing with this? I think one of the big primary purposes of our pain is for number one, write it down in your notes, so that we can lean into God's comfort. We can lean into him. We can rely on him. A lot of us take our life in our own hands so much and I don't think God causes your pain, but I do think he can use it as a catalyst to help you lean on him just a little bit more. I don't know if you had this growing up. I was an 80s child, and as an 80s child, we would come to our parents for comfort. My mom was in the medical field, so you would think it would come natural. It did not. And I remember going up to her and go, Mom, I skinned my knee or, you know, I hurt my finger. And, and she would say things like really compassionate things like, suck it up. Get outside. Come on, any other parents like this, like, you'll live. And I, I was always like really offended. I'm like, Mom, you are in the medical field. You do this for a living. She's like, compassion stays in the hospital. You're here. You're fine. You'll live. I think any like parents that, uh, that grew up in the 50s or 60s are just so in awe that they survived that they just realized, oh, these kids are going to make it easy, you know, like, so, so we didn't have that compassion or that care. I, I, we actually had this in our staff a lot of the time. So I, I'm asking the Lord that I would be more compassionate and more caring. Uh, we have a phrase with Tilla, our staff, they'll try to call in sometimes. And, and I'll go, listen, we don't call in. We crawl in here to Radiant Church. <laughs> I don't care if you're sick. You make sure you're, you're here and you show up on time. It's just this kind of world that I live in called just suck it up. And if you've realized anything about about life, sometimes you can't just suck it up. Sometimes the pain is very real. I had this happen to me a couple weeks ago, and I've been waiting to share this story for the perfect time. And uh, so what happened was I was leaving my house one morning, had a bunch of stuff in my hands, and, and I have steps that go out from our porch down to our driveway. And as I'm walking down, my feet flip out from underneath me, and I reach back, and I grab the rail, so I drop all my stuff, and I grab the rail, and it holds me up like this, um, and, and so I survived it. Now, that would be interesting. I remember telling Katie, I said, Katie, I, I just, I walked back inside. I was like, Katie, I just ate it outside, like really bad, and then the light bulb came in. She's like, Aaron, you know we have a video camera on that doorbell, so at every location, I want to, do you want to see the video? Y'all are mean and cruel. All right. So this is me walking out of my house, and there's our, my house. I'm walking out. I'm all enjoying life. I wasn't expecting anything, and then all of a sudden, there it goes, and I floomed down on the stairs, okay? You're laughing way too much, okay? I don't like that. It was, it was not good, and, and maybe you didn't catch it, so let me show you slow motion. All right, slow motion. I'm walking, and then th there I am, boom, all the way down, okay? So my wife has watched this way too many times. She's at our St. Pete location right now laughing a lot, but she's seen it a lot. Um, so, so what I did is I walked away just like, okay, it'll be fine. I'll get over it. And, and, and this kind of showed me the process of how we all deal with pain because the first thing I did was I said, you know what? It's going to be fine. And what I did is I avoided it. So I just said, you know what? We say stupid things like this, like time will heal it. Like it, it'll get better. Like, like, like things just gradually get better over time. And I said, I'm, I'm just going to avoid it, and eventually it'll be okay. And I, let me just get your attention for a second. So many in here, you've been just avoiding the pain of that divorce. You've been avoiding the pain of that bankruptcy. You've been avoiding the pain of that, and you just think time is going to heal it. Time doesn't heal things. Only God heals things. 
So a lot of you guys, you're leaning on the fact that time's going to come through for you, and it hasn't yet, and you wonder why you're stuck the way you are, because we are expecting something to heal it that can't heal it, and I was avoiding it. Then I went to the second step, and I stopped avoiding it and realized, man, this actually really hurts, as I started to medicate it. So what did I do? I'd pop a couple ibuprofens and go, all right, this is going to make it feel better. And you know what it did for a little bit? It would numb the pain for a season. So, so it was hurting. Every time I moved my shoulder, it would, it would numb it for a season. But then a day or two later, what was happening? It, it was, the pain was still there. And, and I think the same thing, look at me just a second. The same thing is happening in your life where you numb it. And you numb it with the things that this world says will satisfy, like alcohol. You numb it with drugs. You're numbing it with terrible relationships. And you're thinking, okay, this thing will help me. Oh, it brings relief. And it's only temporary relief for your life. You're trying to medicate it a little bit. And then finally I got to a place where I was going, oh, I can't deal with this pain anymore. And I hope this is where a lot of you guys get today. And you go, no, no, now I need to fix it. I need to actually find a solution for this. And so I went to a sports doctor, which I had never been to before. And I was excited <laughs> that I was there to, for a sports doctor. I was like, this guy it treats the lightning and treats, you know, the bucks. And then there's me. And I was like, I feel like a sports guy. Like, I'm excited. <laughs> And I remember sitting there, and he, he examined, and nothing was torn, and showed me some exercises and some stuff, and worked it out, and, and I fixed it. And I, I want to encourage some people here today that you've been avoiding your issues, and you've been medicating your issues. Can I encourage you today to fix them by bringing them to God? Lean into God's comfort today. He loves you. He is greater than your struggle, greater than your pain, greater than your issues. And I think if we give it to him, he can do more with it than you can. Come on, give him a little bit of praise today, church. This is what Paul did. Paul says it like this. He says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we've experienced on the providence of Asia. We were under great pressure. I think some of y'all feel like that in your life. You're under this great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. It was such excruciating pain that he almost wanted to give up his life. And I think a lot of y'all know what it's like to be in that situation. And look what he did. He says, indeed, we felt like we received a sentence of death. I think somebody experiences that right now. But, I love this right here. But this happened. What's the purpose of this thing? This happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. That is encouragement for me. He goes on to say it like this. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Can I get encourage you today? Listen, if your pain is too big for you, listen, it's the perfect size for God. Without you, you take that pain today at every location, and you say, you know what? I've ran to this, I've ran to this, I've ran to this, and it hasn't worked. Give it to God today, and watch what he does in your life. He can deliver you. He will deliver you. And he is faithful to his word that he'll come through for your life. Give him better praise than that today, church. So one of the purposes of our pain is simply that we learn to lean into God's comfort a little bit more than we would have before. Here's the second one. He goes on in the verse and says it like this, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that, here's why he comes through for us, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So let me just encourage you with this. In other words, he, he comforts you, he heals you so that there's a purpose, and here's what it is, write it down, is that we comfort others from your experience. 
So there's, there's, there's a ministry on the other side of your misery that you went through. There, there, there's some purpose on the other side of that, of that pain. I, I said it this way. I want you to get this. Listen, if you've been through it, then speak to it. Like speak to that issue. You, you go, well, I'm not qualified. Did you go through it? Did you survive? Do you still get a pulse today? Then you're qualified to speak to somebody else that's been through that thing. Uh, let, me, let me encourage you another way. If you haven't been through it, uh, don't speak to it. We don't need your two cents. You haven't raised little kids. Don't yell at the person in public that's having the kids broke down and the one on the airplane, and I can't believe they don't control their child. You, you have no clue. I was that person in high school, in college. I'd see them and go, oh man, well, when I have a child. I remember me telling Katie, Katie, when we have kids, they will never act like that in public. And the Lord was like, I'll teach them. I'll never forget. It was probably six months after the church started. I'm right over here in Publix in the Britain Plaza and, and just doing some shopping. And with my wife and our baby, she was maybe a year and a half old at that time. And she has a massive meltdown. Like, I mean, a meltdown. She's on the floor. She's kicking and screaming. She, it's the kind that you have to pick up the kid and the kid's just going crazy. And I saw the judgmental looks and they're like, I think that's that pastor in town. He has zero control over his family. And you were right. I just remember the looks, and I, I just said, people always got an opinion for it. And, and now that I have kids, you know, I speak to it. I remember just being on an airplane, and Katie and I were flying, and this person in front of us, their kid, it was just going crazy. And I remember afterwards, Katie was so good. She just leaned up to you. She goes, I want you to know you handled that so incredibly well. That was, you, you did it. I'm telling you, I've been in your shoes. Don't worry, you're not bothering anybody. And if they are bothering them, one day God will give them a kid that'll do the same thing. <laughs> So, so listen, if you've been through it, it qualifies you to speak to it. There are people who are hurting and broken, gone through the exact same thing that you survived through. So a lot of people are going, well, Aaron, I don't know what God's call is on my life. Listen, I might not know your eventual ultimate plan, but I do know this, that your pain often reveals your purpose. So you went through that struggle, you lost that child, your parents died early. I understand it is painful and it is real. Maybe, just maybe, God wants to use it for a greater purpose to help some other people that are a little bit down the road. You, you, the divorce was tough, but maybe, just maybe, it'll give you a voice. The, 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 the struggle was terrible. You went, you went bankrupt and you're not proud of it, but maybe, just maybe, it'll give you a voice to speak into someone else, to encourage them and lift them up. Let me just say it this way. Let me tell you, you don't don't waste your pain. Use it to help others. Use that pain that's gone through your life. And a lot of you guys have been avoiding it and been frustrated with it and been sitting on it going, well, that was a terrible period of my life. Use it as an opportunity. Leverage it for a ministry that God wants to use you through. I'm just saying this way. I have preached hundreds of messages. I've used hundreds of illustrations. I've used hundreds of scriptures. And Sadly, and it's not your fault, it's, it's just human nature, you don't know 99% of them and remember 99% of them. You won't remember 99% of this message. That's just life. We hear it, it goes in one ear, out another ear. I use clever one-liners all the time. And I think majority of you guys can't quote a lot of them. And that's not your fault. It's because this, listen, but you would say, Aaron, I don't know what it is, but my life has been changed here at Radiant. So, so here's what I've realized. It has nothing to do, listen, 
Clever one-liners don't change lives. Transparent people do. It's the transparency on the stage of here's what happened with my parents' divorce and here's the addictions that I've walked through and here's the struggles I've had in my faith. It's listen, nobody wants you to be the hero of the story. Be real and be honest. And when they're struggling, you go, oh, I dealt with that too. And because I dealt with that, I can help you through it too. Come on, give God a little bit of praise today. You have a purpose in your pain. You have purpose. So how do we use our pain for a purpose? Let me give you a couple things. The first one is simply this, is join a church family. Because when you get on the inside of a church family, and Radiant's a great one, but if Radiant's not the one, we'll help you find another one. Get on the inside of a church family because what happens when you join that church family, and we don't need you just showing up late and leaving early and sliding in and, and getting out. No, no, we need you part of the church family because you've been through some stuff and there's other people that are here that are going through it right now and we need your voice. We need you as part of this, St. Pete. We need you downtown to be able to speak life into someone else's life. And so you can do that today. You can come through Next Steps at every location, and you can become part of this church family. And showing up to Next Steps doesn't obligate you, but it helps you hear the vision of what God's doing here. And I think, uh, I'm a little biased in this, I think we're part of one of the best church families in the world. Can I hear a better amen than that? So, so get part of one, because you have something to offer. Here's another one, is that you can join a radiant group. And when you're in those groups, you know what it does? You get to hear the masks come off and you hear the stories and you realize, wait, someone's been through what I'm going through and somebody's going through what I went through. And you're able to speak life into those situations. And I'm telling you, it helps. That's why our church, it's not just big groups that meet on Sunday, but small groups that meet all throughout the week. And there's still some available for you. And if you're upset because there wasn't a group available for you, then guess what? Next semester, start that group so it's available for you. Because our church has to get real with each other because people need what you have to offer. Here's a third one, is that you can jump in and find a spot to serve. Find a spot. And, and I know what you're seeing. You're going, well, Aaron, my 10, what I'm best at, has nothing to do with handing out bulletins or, or sit there and, 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 and help out with three-year-olds or be part of the production team. I, I'm better at other things. I just can't find my spot here. Listen, I think sometimes in my life, I've been put in positions where God cared very little about my talent, but he cared really a lot about my story. So I want you to get this. So handing out bulletins or doing the setup team has nothing to do with your level of talent. It has everything to do with maybe there's somebody on that team that needs your story. Oh, that's good preaching right there. There's somebody else that needs here. And, and we can't know it unless you are open and honest and real with each other and get involved in something. So that's why serving is there. You go, well, all I do on Sunday mornings is pass out donuts. No, 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 no. All you do on Sunday mornings is greet people and make them feel loved. And you're passing out donuts, but at the same time, you're meeting that person on your left and that person on your right. And God's going to use your story. Because when you're in these spots, here's what you do. You need to now start to share your story. Because you have something that God's done in your life that's so huge and you made it and you're on the other side of it. And I'm telling you, if you, God brought you through the other side, I think there's somebody else that you need to turn around and go, now let me help you get to the other side. Now let me help you find freedom like I did. Let me help you find that relationship like I did. Come on, God's got something for you to do. Third story goes on that he would lean into God's comfort and we use that comfort to help other people's and people. And here's what happens at the very end of it is that just as you, we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, here's how he closes it out, verse five. So also our comfort abounds, say abounds, abounds. through Christ. In other words, so, so we do these things for other people, and when we do them for other people, here's what happens, 
It's, it's, it's when we minister to others, God turns around and ministers to you. So this is so crucial because I want you to know that a lot of you guys are waiting to get healed to begin to walk in purpose. Maybe, just maybe, your purpose and your wholeness is going to come as you start to serve other people. You go, well, Aaron, I got pitfalls and I got struggles and, and I'm not quite through it yet. Maybe God's way of bringing you all the way through it is that you start serving other people. You start using the healing that you do have. You start beginning to pour out to other people. And as you do, watch how God comes through for your life and he heals you and he comes through and makes you whole. Come on, give, give him better praise than that. He'll come through for you. This is, this is what's possible with God when we minister to others. I wrote it down in my notes this way, that you will never experience more of God's comfort until you use what you have to comfort others. I think a lot of you guys are going, well, when I get healed, then. When I get that freedom, then I'll get this. And God says, no, 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 no. Start now. Start now. Teams at every location can come. I think this is a huge point. I'm telling you, there's had Sundays where I've, I, I've struggled. I'm telling you, to be honest with you, I've been in pain. I've had struggles. I've had hurts. I've had a bad week. Not this last week, but there's been times. And the, the fight of the devil is always, you know what, Aaron, just, just stay in bed. You get someone else to preach. And I've had to fight that because what I've realized is I am most alive when I'm helping other people find that comfort. I, let me tell you, and I don't know if it's okay to say, I get healed up here every time I'm up here. Despite my brokenness, I get more and more like Christ every time I'm communicating to you because I just keep giving out and God keeps pouring in. So, so I get healed as I'm helping heal other people. And I think it's your time to get off the sidelines and to be part of what God's doing here at your local church. There's a story that I love and I want to just share it as we close. And... Um, Story is a guy named Larry Walter. In 1982, Larry Walter um, had a crazy idea that he wanted to go flying. Well, he tried to become a pilot, and they said, you can't become a pilot, you can't fly because you have bad eyesight. And Larry Walter's like, no, no, I'm gonna fly. And they're like, no, you can't, you have bad eyesight, it's impossible. So Larry gets around his girlfriend, he goes, I got a great idea. He's like, I'm gonna fly, I'm gonna be the first one. Now, there's been a lot of copycats of this since then, but he was the original one. And what he did is he said, so I'm going to go to the, Navy, the Army-Navy surplus store and I'm going to buy these weather balloons. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take them and I'm going to fill them up and I'm going to strap myself to a chair and I'm going to launch into space. I'm going to fly. So he gets this crazy idea and buys 45 weather balloons and a bunch of helium. Goes to his girlfriend's house and he anchors down his chair at this lawn chair and, and then starts strapping these balloons to it and filling them up. And you've probably seen pictures of it. It's crazy. And fills up these balloons and then it's starting to get tension on that chair. That chair's trying to get up. And, and so he's finally, after 45 of them, it's ready to go. And he, here's his plan. He goes, I don't know how long I'm going to be in the air, so I'm going to bring a little bit of a lunch, and I'm going to bring a BB gun. And, and when I'm up there, when I want to get down, I'll just shoot the balloons one by one, and it'll slowly bring me down. Yeah, I thought it was equally as stupid. By the way, this is all true. You can find it online. Everything you read online is true. No, but this one actually is true. Mythbusters have proven it. It's real. You can Google it, the whole deal. So, so he gets in his chair, they, they undo the, the anchors from the chair and he flies into outer space way faster than he thought he would. And he goes so fast up that he loses kind of control, but he doesn't drop his lunch. He drops the BB gun. Some of you are like, yeah, that was a good choice. Keep the food. Yeah. 
So he gets up to 16,000 feet is where it kind of levels out. Like in, in, a, in a seconds. Gets up to 16,000 feet, and as he's up there, he just starts floating through Southern California. And as he's floating through Southern California, he doesn't have a BB gun, so he's just got to kind of wait to land, and he's just sitting there eating his lunch. He actually flew into the path of LAX, and it shut down the airport for a while as he was in the flight path of LAX. Well, he ends up landing in a backyard in Long Beach, California, and as he lands, the police obviously are there to arrest him, and the, uh, and the news media is all there waiting for him. You can look up the story, 1982. And so he lands, and I thought it was so funny when the police came. The reporter asked the police, well, what are you going to arrest him for? Because nobody had done this before. He says, we know he broke some part of the Federal Aviation Act. And as soon as we decide which part it is, some type of charge will be filed. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. <laughs> hey, we, he's got to break a law somewhere. So he lands, they arrest him, and before he gets in the car, they go, Larry, 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 why did you do it? And Larry said that this way, he goes, man, I had a dream, and I realized that for my dream, I just couldn't sit around any longer. I want your attention for just a second. Some of you guys, you have something that God's put in your heart, and you've been sitting around for way too long. You're, you've been sitting around soaking about that pain. You lost that child. You're, that divorce happened. The parents passed away. The cancer took over. The debt piled up. The business failed and you're sitting around and I'm going to encourage you with the spirit of Larry in here today. To You can't sit around any longer. Get up and do something for God. Let that pain be a purpose for your life that'll impact people not just here but around the globe. Let that misery you've gone through become your ministry. Let that pain become your purpose. Let that test become your testimony. God's not done with you Radiant Church, give them your best praise today. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes at every location. And I'm going to ask the Lord to heal some of you guys who are in the midst of pain right now. I want you to know that God sees it. And right now in this moment, what a perfect time to lean into his comfort. So Holy Spirit is here. I'm not belittling what you've gone through. That pain is too big for you, but it's the perfect size for God. If you're in here today and you've got just some pain in your life, just release it to the Lord. And just be honest, accept and say, God, I'm ready for you to fix this. And he's going to get you in a group. He's going to get you plugged in here. And I think the Lord wants to heal that area of pain in your life. While you're doing that, there's other people here today. And you go, Aaron, I've been through it. And I'm on the other side of it. And, and, and I've been trying to avoid that area of my life. I want you to take up the commission today to use it for a greater purpose and say, God, help my pain bring comfort to other people. Let me share my story. Maybe it's being involved here at the church or a small group, but I think you have something to offer. Just right where you're sitting, say, God, I'll use my story to help somebody else. My story of that child, my story of that struggle, my story of that pain, I'm gonna use it to help other people. And with every eye closed and every head bowed, you're in here at any location and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want you to know you can he went through major pain for a purpose. That pain on the cross was not for a nothing. It was, it was because he saw you on the other side of his pain. And he knew that that pain would pave a way for you to find life and forgiveness and wholeness. He did it for you. Our part is that we just have to accept it and say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to change my heart. Today's your day of salvation at every location. You're in here today. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. You can. 
If that's you on the count of three, I want you to slide your hand up, wave it at me, put it right back down and say, today I want it to be my day where I give my life to Christ. Today, I wanna give him my pain, I wanna give him my sin, I wanna give him my past, and I wanna live for Jesus today. If that's you on the count of three, throw your hands up. Ready, one, two, three, all over this place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All the way in the back, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, people all over this place, all over St. Pete. I know they're happening right there at the hip room in downtown. Just pray this prayer, say, God, I give you my life. I give you my pain today. Jesus, be my Lord and be my Savior. For the rest of my life, I'm gonna follow you. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. So today, I live for you. And we believe you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that agrees says, can we give a big shout of praise for those that just made the best decision of their life? Here's what I want you to do. At every location, if you just made that decision to give your life to Christ, take that connection card. I know a lot of you guys wrote prayer requests on it. Just check on there. I committed my life to Jesus. We're going to send you some resources. This is not the end. It's just the beginning of what God's going to do with you. We're going to help move you from where you are to where God wants you to be. We'd love for you to get connected. One more time, Radiant Church, give it up for those who just made the best decision of their life. We're going to end this service by worshiping God with our generosity. And generosity is making a difference. It makes a difference in your life. It's the first Sunday of the month. And so it's a Sunday where a lot of people tithe and they give God their first. And I want to thank you for being so faithful. You know, there's three ways to give here at Radiant, right here in this service, online, through text giving. And we just honor you for that. I want you to know it's changing the world through what we're going to do in Brandon, what we're doing around the globe. But I want to just say one thing and show you just a quick little video as you prepare to give of what God did just last Sunday through your generosity. Check this out. I don't know about you, but I'm honored to be part of what God's doing here in Radiant Church. Every time I give, every time I sow into it, it's making a difference for eternity. Let me pray for your finances right now. Lord, thank you for the finances of our church. Sometimes it's, it's a pain. Sometimes it's a struggle. But we know on the other side of it, you promise breakthrough. You promise victory. Lord, so we give you our first. Lord, I know there's a lot of our church that's starting this new year. They're working on honoring you with their giving. And I pray that they would be faithful to it and watch how you come through in ways that they never thought was possible, whether it's online or through text giving or here in the service. Lord, we know it's not the method that counts. It's the motive of their heart. And I pray at every location you would supernaturally bless them for. Give them jobs, promotions, breakthrough this year. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody that believes it says, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.